The following podcast is a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be sent to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. The Morning Wood Show. What's his name? These nuts. These nuts. <laughs> the Morning Wood Show with These Nuts. Here are your hosts, Tyron Woodley and Dean Thomas. What's up, guys? We are back, back, back off of BS Hiatus. <laughs> Morning Wood Show. I'm your boy, Tyron Woodley. I'm Dean Thomas. Hey, Dean, man, what the hell have we been up to, man? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know why we had such a long layoff. I don't know what we've been. I don't know what I've been doing. You know, life just seems to like fly right by when you're doing a bunch of nonsense, but you don't really know what you're doing, but you're getting stuff done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's basically called operate without a schedule or any organization. Yeah. <laughs> you get the task and just doing it when you feel like it. Yeah. So See, that's effective though. Sometimes, but you know, honestly, like, you know, for me, and and this new year and i don't like to make new year's resolutions but i just feel like that's one thing that i do want to improve on in my life not just for this year but whatever but i want to improve on the organization of what i'm doing and be more organized and be more on time and you know what i'm saying and be a little bit better better structured because i would be more organized and uh you know also some things that you can you can actually control your stressors in life like sometimes we choose to take on too many tasks or things that um, administer too much stress into our life. And I just plan on, you know, just having a happy year, doing well, um, you know, eliminating, alleviating a lot of stress. And then just really, you know, smashing the shit out of 2018, to be honest. Like yeah, I that's my goal. Torture this year is just, just break every box, every closed minded way of thinking and just really put myself out there. Um, get out of my comfort zone yeah yeah i mean you know what i mean that's the way to do it and i and and part of that organization that i was talking about as far as like smashing 2018 is to track my results you know what i'm saying and you know to make sure that i'm on time for things and then like track my results is like what's working for me what's not working for me and if it's not working for me either figure out a way to make it work for me or get rid of it because yeah. I do feel like I spend a lot of time doing stuff that like might not make a lot of sense or have a lot of people that's still in my circle or in my life that just ain't really adding to it and ain't really, you know, getting me where I want to be. And I can't have that no more. Like, I'm getting I too old, I think you man. should just say, you know, F all these dudes at ATT and just coach me again. Because <laughs> we, started, we started smashing. We started knocking off names of the names of the names. And then one by one, hey, Dean, can you help me out? Hey, Dean, can you see me a uh, um, breakdown for MMAScottReport.com? Look, look. Hey, Dean. Um, <laughs> hey, Dean, you know, what you think about this guy? Hey, Dean, you think, uh, how did you and you and Tyron be here? We're fighting the same person. And all of a sudden, now you're coaching 70 people. It's 70 true, man. Avengers. You know what? You're right about that, man. That's kind of true. And honestly, man, if you fought every three months, I would 100% do that. Like, if you like there if you, you had a fight every three months and, was on, and we was on the road, I would be like, y'all, I'm out. I'm I'm staying with Tyron, <laughs> but I can't. <laughs> Damn, you know, you know I would me. love to fight every time, every three months, but you know, obviously, you know, just to give you guys an update too, while we on the subject, um, I did have the um, labrum surgery performed. Went out to Andrews Institute, Pensacola, Florida. He is the best of the best when it comes down to the Tommy John surgery, which is the elbow thing, uh, most most famously known for baseball players, but also the labrum 
So he performed the surgery myself. It was great staff um, and team really took VIP care of me. Um, the day after surgery, you know, I was doing two a days in rehab and I'm, ex I'm exceptionally far along uh, for someone that's had surgery two weeks ago. Uh, I'm already, you know, shadow boxing, as you saw last week when we was in L.A. My man came out to L.A. with me to, you know, give me that positive, positive look, make sure I was focused and just uh, chop it up with his boy. So uh, I'm pretty, pretty excited about where I'm at. Obviously, I did stem cell and PRP. You guys can Google that and see what the hell it means because I didn't even know until like a week ago. Mm -hmm. But I got it in my shoulder and it made my stuff heal real fast. So, so yeah. So I got to say, you know, everybody knew that I was out in L.A. with you last week. So everybody and the main question I was getting from everybody other than who's he fighting. And I'm like, I don't, like, that's who knows. But the main question was, when is he when does he think he'll be ready to come back? So, like, I got to ask you, when do you think you're going to be ready? to? You come know, back? I said this all along, you know, to be honest, whether I had the surgery or not, I had the surgery. I expected to be back the first quarter of um the first quarter of the year. And I still believe that's true. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, exponentially freaking, um, on strength, range of motion and just my, my protocols and what I can actually do in my rehab. I feel confident. I was really, really not one. I was fighting, having a surgery. I mean, obviously guys, I had the fight July 29th. I tore the labor in the first round of the fight and I didn't have surgery until December. There's a lot of movies, TV shows, Fox obligations, and opportunities that I did not want to be hung up in the sling for. And at the same time, I was rehabbing this baby, trying to actually avoid the surgery. And then I just said, you know what? I'm old school. I don't want to be in a world title fight and have to think. I'd rather just know that it's together. There's no clear-cut number one contenders anyway. Um, so, therefore, I feel like I got it fought four times in 12 months. If anybody on this damn roster should have a time to get an injury he had happen in a fight, they can still fall through and won. Get that baby healed up properly is me so that's what i'm doing um but now i'm excited man i'm excited to get back training you saw us when we shadow box just a little bit that wasn't much but to me man i feel like i got a damn workout in so i'm excited no it doctors was, made me feel it was confident good. man yeah i thought it was good i thought it was a good like you know get stick your toe in the water and you know and move around you know what i'm saying like it was good to move around and not only that but just like the energy at the gym we was at unbreakable yeah. which was like it was really good energy it, right? yeah it was really good energy i mean there was people in there and it was working and you know and like you said like you were like man how could we we can't leave right now like the energy's too good there's too yeah. many people in here so like but you're right man i mean that was a good um a good way to get back into like yeah. into the whole training the whole training regimen. we walked in there the homie wiz wiz Khalifa, shout out to wiz he's gonna he's gonna be on the on the tmz tmz sorry tmz show pretty soon talking about MMA training. So shout out to Wiz. He was in there getting it in. Then I had just spoken um, to Antonio McKee about getting some training with him. I did a lot of training with him early in my career. Um, he's one of the best at MMA conditioning, getting you in shape. And from a wrestler, he's like an encyclopedia of the knowledge, um, you know, for wrestling. So I talked to him about training. I walk in the door. Who do I see? Antonio McKee, Arnold Chan. I see even the homie Ernie Reyes, which we all whooped each other ass about like i was him no you were not him. No, <laughs> on the last like i know i'm the kid that's coming out the side double kicking them up head down the middle that was me so i thought I, 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 I didn't tell you this because i didn't want to fan out you know i know we homies but i didn't whoop some ass over um who was gonna be you 
Um, oh, the Ernie Reyes. Bruce Leroy. Let me tell you something. Like, I don't, I don't really get out like that neither, man. Like, I saw Wiz, I was like, oh, they go Wiz. You know what I'm saying? But when I saw him in there, I said, I, I, I was getting a little excited. But then right before we left, I had to go up to him and be like, hey, man, listen, I don't normally do this, but dude, I was like, I grew up like pretending I was your ass. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. it was, it was so surreal to be in because like. He was like one of them childhood icons because he was because, you know, I felt like I was that age and he was beating up adults. And he also had yeah. this TV. He also had this TV show called Sidekicks that I remember. Yeah. me And I remember watching that. And he was like kicking adult ass. And I was like, yeah. that's who I want to be. That's me. And to be in a room with him, watching him work out, man, was like surreal to me, man. So, damn. I don't oh, know. man. Well, was it like, was lit. It was lit. we had a, man, we had a crazy man. That one day. Hey. Me and Dean, I'm about to bring you more often. And one day we did physical therapy. We had a um, we went to go do training at Unbreakable. Shout out to homie Jake Glazer. You guys in? Or if you guys are of celebrity status and you want to go and train with some other celebrities, you might want to hit Jay up in the DM. Um, so yeah, we was at Unbreakable. And then we went from Unbreakable to a to a very productive meeting with the guys, um, Mikhail Martin and um, and Todd Ty, Ty Feldman from CA Sports. I'm um, just talking some future stuff. That was the dope meeting. And we just bounced from one thing to another nonstop. It was almost like we couldn't miss, Dean. Everything that we did was productive, and it all happened so quickly. So I love when we get days like that. I know. I got to get out to L.A. more often. Like, we talked about it. I got to get man. out to L.A. more often and just start, you know, lining things up and then get out there and then just get it done when I'm out there. Bro, just, just spend a couple days out there. I'm out there yeah. every week. I will send you a flight. I was seeing your flight in the room. I would, I would get the little, you know, the little lady when you're 12 and under, and put the mm-hmm. name tag on your neck and sit you down. <laughs> I'll, I'll call her if I got to. <laughs> I know, man. I know. I got to get out there because, like, I, I feel like you know everybody goes to LA and they go out there with a dream, but it, and there's so much competition. But I also still feel like there's so much opportunity, and if you got the ability and the and the resources and the connections then you can you can take advantage of those opportunities. And I feel like that we got that. You know what I'm saying? Like not you only know, just, there is no competition. That's what I think. If I go to an audition, I'm getting this part. Why y'all come out here and waste your time? <laughs> I, y'all could have went to Starbucks. Like, yeah, there I is hear. no competition. Like like people say, who you fight next? I'm my only opponent right now. Which version of Tyrone am I gonna fight? Am I gonna fight the one that's trying to make this fight? Um Harder than what it needs to be. I'm the guy that's gonna fight and get this crap done and roar like a lion and rip the cage off. So that's that's the mentality I want to take in the 2018. There is no competition. Yeah, you know, I hear I'm, you. I'm working with Jamie Foxx. I'm working with Samuel Jackson, Denzel Washington, Will Smith, and Wesley Snipes within the next 24 months. Mark my words. And you know me, then when I say it, it happened. I already had an opportunity to work with Samuel. The shoulder kind of held me back on that. Um, I worked with Denzel Washington for three weeks. Um, I got a meeting here pretty soon. Hopefully, I'm gonna do something with Jamie Fox. I only got two more to knock off the list. I've already done. I've done two projects with uh, Wesley, not side by side. So that's my goals. Those are the those not just because they're African American. They just four to five of the best actors, flat out. They can do anything. You know, the inner monologue is phenomenal. The way they breathe, the way they move, the way they talk, the way they you know. You know, just their control of their body, and they make you believe they is di- training day or uh, Nino Brown or whatever you want them to be. 
you know, people still walk up to them. Weston told me, he said people still piss about piss about New Jack City. They still <laughs> mad at me over there. You know what I mean? <laughs> really? Peter That's funny, though. Tanks is then. They still ain't, they still ain't got nobody. <laughs> They still mad uh, at having a Carter. <laughs> uh, that's that's hilarious. No, so, so yeah, man, that's that's the mindset, man. You're right. Getting out there. And that's why, yeah, get out there, man. I got some good acting coach some people working with. It's actually easier for me when I'm working with another person. So, yeah. you know, that that's the you've invested so much damn time into me, belief into me, so much more than just a coach, man. I got so much other outside uh, stuff that comes into the fight camp. That you helped me maneuver that through this. So I can do you that solid, my man. I will get you out there. I will get the acting coaching. Because, you know, 2018, man, we got moves to make. We got a we got a short film we doing. We hey guys, we, we going on the other side of the camera. We're doing a short film. Um, my man Dino's gonna be in there. And I'm just pumped, man. It's gonna be a crazy year. I know. I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. And like not only just looking forward to it, because that's what I think I did last year. I looked forward so much to last year that I didn't pull the trigger enough or set yeah. myself up to pull the trigger en- enough on enough things. And I think this year I'm really just pulling the trigger, like ready or not, here I come. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm pulling yeah. the trigger. I'm going out there. I'm getting it done. So now you talk about being in LA. Now you got the new TMZ show out. Yeah. 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 yeah so, new man, TMZ man. show guys called uh, the Hollywood beat down with time. Basically the Hollywood beat down is a play on words. It's the rundown, but since it's coming from your boy, the chosen one, who likes to beat people down, we call it the Hollywood beat down. So we talk, you know, we got topics where I'm fired up about something. You know, Donald Trump might be tripping. This dude, Logan Paul, might be out in the, in the wilderness watching people, you know, um, hanging from a tree and, and documenting it. So we do that. We talk sports. We talk politics. But we do got a little piece on the show where we actually um, give it up. If somebody's doing something dope, if somebody, you know, Katy Perry one time crashed a wedding in St. Louis, and she turned up with them. Was about to perform for free. No kidding. So she got that. a pat on the back. The homie Devonte Freeman, you know, um, helping the freaking uh, Falcons get in the playoffs with a busted up leg. My homie got a pat on the back. So we do a punch section. Somebody, uh, the idiot, doing some buffoonery. Um, they get punched, and then somebody that's doing some clutch, they get a pat on the back. So that's uh, a show, man. We we got. You know, probably five, I think between five to six million impressions so far. Our numbers are off the wall. So you'll be seeing that on television uh, within the next eight months. No kidding. So so basically no bullshit, right man. now, so so like right now it's just a YouTube show, but they're going to try to pick it up for, with a network, huh? Yeah, what we what we thought was, you know, we, we used a mock of a young lady that had a show and it was you know, set up the same way. You know, it started off on YouTube and it was going to try to grow and eventually they'll pitch it. Said you know you got once you got a YouTube channel you got the pilot already to mm-hmm. pitch it to networks. So she was doing that thing and she's the young lady and, and her name slipped my mind. I apologize in advance, but she is the young lady that had the reality TV star on her show that said she was weighing her guy's balls to make sure he wasn't cheating on. So he would come home, she was holding him <laughs> or weighing him to make sure he wasn't out there in those streets. So Nuh-uh. that went viral. It spun out. It got so much attention. She got picked up by a network. So, um, I mean, we've had so many good moments, so many viral moments that we've we found that sweet spot a lot quicker than they expected. We're 12 months ahead of what we thought we were going to be. So Harvey's extremely pleased with the show. Um, he's pitching it right now to Time Warner and some other people. Uh, we got a lot of sponsors interested in um, 
you know, um, advertising on the show. You know, we get the crap load of impressions, man. Millions and millions of views and people visiting and clicks. So, I mean, it's been a blessing. Damn. We out there, That's man. the badass. You get a you get a show on uh, you know you get get picked up on a network and have that happen. That's gonna be badass. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I'm looking for? I'm looking for to you doing that damn stand up set with uh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, well you hey you know you were there when it, it unfolded, and I gotta get my boy shout out to my boy Fast Hands number one. Fast Hands uh, is the homie. Lamar he, he, Logan. He, he yeah, Lamar Logan is he is known. And he is a person behind what we call Champ Life, Champ Camp, Cooking with the Champ. Anything with the champ in front that you see documented for me, my man Lamar Logan, we call him Fast Hands, he is responsible for it. But the funny part about this is Lamar, Lamar, <laughs> he was getting so mad because he said, I purposely try not to laugh at jokes that I know that are funny. <laughs> I try my best not to laugh at his jokes. Now, I try to give my homie some love. I say, bro, you are funny, dog. You just a different type of funny. <laughs> if you say a word like, oh, man, you know, we try to pull it together. You know, I, I couldn't come up with nothing. And in the fourth corner, you came through clutch. He'll come through and say, like, you know, playing words like that. And we'll be like, man, who would think of something like that? And he is really funny because yeah, his- he does it without thinking about it. It's off the cuff. And then, you know, we, we bug up laughing at it. But I think he wants to be like Kevin Hart funny, stand-up comedy funny. Everybody said, oh, my God, he's so hilarious. He's so funny. And if we don't laugh at his joke, my God. <laughs> 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 so so I had a couple beverages, right? We were there. I had a couple, a couple beverages, you know, a couple lemonades. Mm-hmm. And I know. I, was, I know. You know. I was making the table laugh. And then he wanted to let me see what it felt like. <laughs> to make a really good joke and nobody laugh at it. So as he, as he had a few beverages in him, he was trying to keep a straight face when I said some jokes. But you can see the smile coming through, and you can see his cheek jumping. And I'm like, dog, are you trying your hardest not to laugh so I can see what it feels like? So that 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 was um, the highlight of the night. I don't know why that was so damn funny to me. So I was to him all night. It, it was it was funny, right? <laughs> I tell you I what, the funniest funny part was the dynamic of you were laughing at him trying not to laugh, and I was laughing at you because you was laughing at him for trying. <laughs> <not to laugh. laughs> and, then, and then it was like this: even if what I said wasn't funny, I would laugh so hard I would make you laugh at me laughing at my own joke. And you ain't have no choice but to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, that was- so this is how I got my ass into the stand-up comedy thing, right? That day, the next morning, I woke up and it was still funny to me, right? <laughs> so I was like, Lamar, hey, dog, last night, you was trying so hard not to laugh. And, and Lamar was like, man, it wasn't funny to me. It was funny. Then he finally admitted, yeah, I just want you to see what it feel like. I said, well, do this, Lamar. If you think you're funny, you know, I can just be, you know, a Scrooge, super critical on your comedy. Just actually do a stand-up comedy set. And if half the crowd laughing, then you're funny. And then he kind of looked around. I said, why don't you do it? That same day, Adam Hunter messaged me, MMA Roaster, for all you people that 
know him for that. So Adam Hunter said, hey, man, you in L.A.? You know, I got this show. Come by and say, what's up? You know, also, we got wrestling practice. Come through and swing through. And then I and I said, well, no, I ain't in town. I'm on a plane right now. I said, you know what? I kind of want to try a stand-up, um, stand-up comedy set, you know? And then he uh, he said, all right, well, Tuesday. This dude said, Tuesday, 8 o'clock at the Dime Bag. Dime he Bar. Said, dime Bar. I like Dime yeah. Bag. Yeah. Oh, Dime Bag. <laughs> <laughs> Nickel Bag. He wanted me to come to Nickelback, and he said, 8 o'clock. I'm like, then, not only did he say that, my man Adam ran and made a flyer, threw me on those with some real damn comedians, <laughs> people I hadn't seen on television and movies, and then tweeted it. So now I'm stuck. I got to do it now. You have to do it. And But listen, Adam don't mess around when it comes to that, man. It's like, because he's been doing comedy so long, it's so easy for him, and it's so normal. And he and he like associates with comics, and it's just like it's so easy for them, and it's so normal. And if you're a comic and you're coming up and you get a spot, like you appreciate that. So like when you say, "Hey, can I get on?" He he thinks nothing of it. He's just like, "Hey, all right, you on?" And you should be happy about that because you get on where other comics can't get on. And wow. yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like. And he's just like, you know, you're either going to do good or you're going to bomb. And he don't care. And like that's and comics don't care. They're just like, oh, I'm going to go up and do my set. But like they don't realize that like as an as a civilian going up on stage for the first time, you freaking out. Now you see yourself. Hey, don't, try, hey, don't try to pump that fear and inject that fear into my vein. I was good. <laughs> I was no. just about to say, I ain't even worried about it. It ain't my day job. You know what I mean? I've been in front of crowds all the time doing public speaking. I know it's different. But I'm just not putting that type of pressure on myself. Yeah, and you shouldn't because if you put that pressure on yourself, you're gonna you're you gonna fail miserably. But I don't fail. Damn. I think you'll be good. You know, you know, I thought you was my little low key life coach, man. Why are you sitting here? <laughs> no, Why are you no I'm saying infiltrate uh, <laughs> into the equation, dog. No, I'm <laughs> saying I'm saying if you put pressure on yourself, you will fail. And you're not the type to put pressure on yourself. In fact. You already did the hardest thing that you could possibly have done, and that's rap on the Sway Show. You know what I'm saying? That's way yes, hard. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's way harder than doing a stand-up set because once hey, you get up there, rapping, I'm actually one minute away from the studio right now. I did a voiceover for for a local rapper in St. Louis named John Hill. They call him Two L's, and I and I did a voiceover, and I was in. I was like, man, I never been in the studio before. I said, put on the beat, let me rap on it. So I freestyle for a whole song, right? Nah. Producer, the producer looked at me and like, damn. He said, let me put another beat on real quick. And then I put another beat on. And then I freestyle on that beat. And he was like, he said, let me put another beat on. Then he did another beat and I freestyle on that beat. And then he said, why don't you do this? Why don't you write some music and sing some beats? And then we actually... We actually um, put together a couple songs, and we actually put together a little album deal and put it together. So I said, all right. So for me, it was therapeutic. It was fun. You know what I mean? Once again, no pressure. I went in there. I'd never been into the booth. I didn't know what to expect, but I had a ball with it. And according to them, Nick, I got I got bars a little bit. For real? That's what they said. They're going to hey. get you. They're going to get you on, huh? Hey, well, Coco is a Grammy Award-winning producer, so he mm-hmm. produced the song "Shake Your Tail Feathers" for Nelly, which got a, um, a Grammy. He also uh, produced for like DMX, Method Man, um, you know, Same Lunatics. So he's 
he's not just some guy in the basement. Nah, nah, that's legit. Yeah, so he's a legit, legit guy. I'm actually pulling up to that right now, so wish wish me luck that I'm gonna actually go on here and not make a fool of uh, mankind. So you go, you got bars, huh? I didn't, man. See, this is what I'm talking about, and that's what I'm saying, and that's why I know you're not gonna get nervous when you get up yeah. on stage to do a comedy set because you speak publicly like all the time. And and you're not the type. And, to and this is why I'm doing much. it, you know. So you know, for all you fans that are listening to this, yeah, we catching up, we shooting the breeze. Um, the organization that Dean's talking about, he bringing that to 2018. You might not see that on the show currently right now, but me <laughs> doing stand-up comedy is outside of the box, is outside of my comfort zone. That's what you have to do to stretch yourself, to get more out of yourself. No, I've never done it before. Maybe I'm gonna do great. Maybe I'm not gonna do great. Maybe they ask me to do it again. Maybe it was a bucket list deal. Same thing with um, in going into the studio and rapping. Do I think that maybe I'm going to get a deal and, you know, I'm going to get signed and Puff Daddy finna pull in the studio and be like, oh, my God, who, where does this kid been at my whole life? Probably not. But it's fun to me. It's therapeutic. It clears my mind. And it's like doing karaoke. You just want to actually go out there, have fun with it, do something different. Because I do so many serious things all day, every day. That this is something that I just enjoy. Yeah, man, that's what's up, man. And that's it. I mean, honestly, more than anything else, um, you know, the way you live your life should be inspirational to others, man. Because like, you put yourself out there, regardless of result. You put yourself out there, and you just say, "Hell, you know what? I'm gonna do what I gotta do. I'm gonna make it happen. And if it don't happen, it ain't gonna happen. But you know what? I'm stretching myself, and I'm going for it. And honestly, man, that's that's kind of why I fuck with you so much, <laughs> because hey man, you uh, got you, yeah. man, you got you, and, yeah. and you do the same thing, man. You've been yeah. doing improv and stand-up comedy, and these things aren't aren't easy. And some people no. don't realize how hard acting is. And if I come into a spot where I don't feel good crying on film, where I don't feel good being, you know, this interrogator or this douchey college guy, if it gets to a point where it's a, a part of a role that you know kind of got me stumped. I don't want to feel like I'm doing it. So that's therefore that's why I'm doing the stand-up comedy, the freaking rapping, the um, acting coaching. So if I get a role, I can be confident. I don't always want to have to do some hood role, some, you know what I mean, detective, tough guy. Fighter. I don't always want to do an image. Yeah, fighter. I don't really hardly yeah. ever want to do that because I do that stuff for real. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to show that I got some versatility. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And on that note, well, listen, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna, you know, let the sponsors pay for the pay for the show. We're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna be right back with the Morning Wood Show. These news. Feeling a little stiff? Don't be embarrassed. It's just the Morning Wood Show with D's nuts. nuts. Welcome back, y'all. It's Dean Thomas, Tyron Woodley, the Morning Wood Show with D's nuts. And uh Tyron, we back, man. We we back doing our thing, homie. We back. And speaking of these nuts, these nuts out here freezing in St. Louis. I know you the Floridian, um, all nice and tropical down there, but we got negative one, negative five, and it's actually warm today because we got 33 degrees. Dude, let me tell you, listen, that's how cold it was in Florida. I mean, I, I ain't really get to experience much of it because I went to LA with you, but last week when the whole East Coast was under, you know, was frozen, uh, Florida was like in the 30s, man. It was like 35 degrees down here, man, and I was... <laughs> that was something for all of us, man. We was out That's here something for the world. So, speaking of the world, man. So, uh, let's let's get into some fight stuff. 
Cyborg, she beats Holly home for the uh, you know, to to defend her belt. What first off, like what'd you think of that fight? You know, I thought Holly Holmes, um, I didn't know what the judge was gonna think. She was making a lot of bark. And sometimes mm-hmm. they score that. I didn't know if one judge might have said she won the fight. I thought yeah. she did well. I thought she she moves a lot when she punches. She already doesn't um, punch like a power puncher. She's more in out timing, you know, point fighting. But when you're moving as you're punching against cyborg, though she was landing, she wasn't making the punches that were going to actually be uh, ones that do any significant damage. Um, yeah, I know where you're leading to with this. I do think Cyborg showed us that she can go five rounds. She showed us she can be patient. Um, it's like fighting a wheelbarrow. Holly Holmes yeah. just keep moving around, and she yeah, did a good yeah, job yeah. cutting her off, cutting her off, landing some good punches, and sticking to the game plan and waiting on the opportunity. Amanda Nunes is going to put that heat on it though. Um, yeah, if at any time you thought saw some vulnerabilities and saw some 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 uh, some chinks in armor where another fighter with better footwork with more power that's heavier, could maybe have some success. Amanda Nunes. So I want to see the Lioness and freaking um, and uh, Cyborg go at. I don't even know. Who, who's this other guy talking about? Leslie Smith? or No, no. It's um Megan Anderson, and then there's some uh, other girl. Yeah, we good. Yeah. We good on that. We it's good it's on weird, that. you know, because, you know, for the longest time, everybody's been saying, you know that Amanda didn't want to fight Cyborg, and like I don't even I don't really know how that rumor got started, but it was something that was kind of like some unwritten thing, but just everybody thought that. But I was hanging out with Amanda two weeks ago, and I was in her crib, and she's like, "Hey, I want to fight Cyborg." She was like, "I hope she wins," and it wasn't on no beef, but she was just like, "In fact, she was like, I want to fight whoever wins the fight. I want to fight." I was like, "You want to fight Cyborg?" She's like, "Yeah, I want to fight Cyborg." I don't see what the threat is, and that's what she was telling me. And for me, that's like the first sign of like, and that's what I always look for is like a person who actually wants a certain fight. And for her to want that fight was like, I was like, hell yeah, let's get this fight. Cause she is not like, she doesn't see like the threat that everybody thought that was there for her. She doesn't see it. And I love that about Amanda when it comes to this fight. And I think that she presents way more problems than people think that, uh, that she's going to give, that she can give Cyborg. She definitely does. And I think, you know, Holly showed that you can have success for her. You can't. I mean, she was coming at her. She was amped up. She was coming for it. And she definitely, definitely, definitely put herself in a position to be successful. So I think that's a, you just take that blueprint and you go out there and you expound upon it. I think Amanda's that girl to do that. Yeah, and not only that too, but uh, who was the other girl that she fought? Cyborg fought um, Tanya Evinger. Was it Tanya Evinger? Yeah, she just smashed. Yeah, her, she smashed her, but Tanya hung in there. You know what I'm saying? Like she was, yeah. she hung in there. She hung in there. Isn't a that lot crazy? Longer. That cyborgs that that must have a savage that you get you get hood credit for hanging in there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Like that's, I gave that's her credit. All the way toe down. Yeah, and she took a lot of punishment too, man. But she hung in there, and I was just like, "Damn!" But I was, but even at that moment, I was like, "You know what? Amanda would have did a lot better." You know what I'm saying? Amanda would have did a lot better. And now I'm thinking, you know what? Man, I think Amanda gonna kick kick her ass. I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I mean, not to take nothing away from Cyborg, and I don't want to make it like, start no rumors, but uh, you know, saying that Amanda wanted to fight Cyborg. I mean, it wasn't you know on no beef shit, but it was just on the level of. Listen, she the champ. I'm the champ. 
let's double down on this. She, the cyborg, don't have nobody else to fight really that anybody's gonna really care. You know about. the funny thing is, people think it's a bad thing to want to fight somebody because they good or they yeah. champion or like no, I used to, I wanted to fight Nick, Nate, George, Jake Shields, Carlos Condon, Robbie Lawler. I like all those guys as the fighters. They don't yeah, mean that I didn't want where they were at. Yeah, that's what I'm just, saying. Like, it's just crazy right that people think you got to hate somebody or not like them, or if you ask them to fight somebody in a respectful way that is beef behind it. You know, I said on air when I was working Fox, I actually was um, an analyst on Fox when that when that fight took place. And they was like, oh, who do you think now? I said, you know what? I think Amanda. And I didn't even hear this conversation, Dean. I had no clue Amanda had interest in fighting her. And I was just looking at the matchup. I'm like, hmm, the things that Holly did well against Cyborg. Amanda would do better. She punches a lot harder. When she comes forward, she's going to sit down in that one-two or one-one-two or whatever combination she throws for. And she punches very long like a pure striker would. She could give Cyborg problems because Cyborg punches her hooks. The best way to beat a hooker is straight pipe down the middle. Shoot. Bam. Yeah, plus... Plus, Amanda's just, she's just a threat everywhere, too. I mean, you got to worry about so much with Amanda as far as, like, her grappling is world-class. You know what I'm saying? She can wrestle. She's just a, she's a triple threat. And that's the one, like, when you deal with Holly, like, you don't have to worry about those things. Like, you, like Cyborg probably never had to worry about, you know, you know, getting taken down or anything like that. So, like, you know, it, like, on paper, I mean, it just, it looked great on paper, but I always thought that Holly didn't have enough in her arsenal to beat somebody like cyborg and it showed i mean she she fought a great fight but she just didn't have enough in her arsenal yeah i agree with you man i agree and you know i think she did the best she actually did more she actually did more than um anybody would have ever expected her to do but she did the same thing against ronda nobody expected her to go out there and smoke ronda so shout out to holly she's been in so many close fights you know what i mean i feel so bad for her she i know you can't fight against Nisha. <laughs> i know in a close fight against Jermaine. she was in a um, closer fight than we would have expected against um you know cyborg so yeah she's a g yeah you gotta you gotta kind of feel for her that she's right there but just can't really get past it you know and i'm I mean, she's kind. Of, I mean, and not to throw shade on on, on Kenny, but she's kind of like Kenny Florian, you know what I'm saying? Like right there, but just can't really get you know get a hold of it, you know what I'm no, saying? I ain't saying that with you. But you, you ain't saying that. Yeah, uh, you gotta take that one by yourself, G. Hey, Kenny, go no. like, <laughs> Kenny, go be like, I choked your ass out, Kenny. I, <laughs> <laughs> Kenny, you better stop. So listen, you are you going? Me, to, are you hey, going to fight? You ain't finna get me on that UFC tonight that I'm gonna be working um, <laughs> on two days from today. Him looking at me sideways. Nope. I know, but so are you going to fight <laughs> this weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not calling the fights this weekend. I'll be at the fights because they're here in St. Louis, Missouri. Hey, I told you guys, St. Louis, we was getting the UFC, and the people are like, oh, you're not fighting on it. Oh my God, so your shoulders hurt, man. We wish you were fighting on it. You know what? I'm really glad I'm not because all my random long lost cousins from Auntie Myrtle McNaval would have came through and they would have been trying to get tickets. And I just don't want that pressure. I just want to go out there and fight. I like fighting in Vegas. I like fighting in different cities that I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Would it be cool to freaking be in my own house, laying down, you know, in my own sauna? cutting weight and making it a breeze yeah that'd be awesome but just the pressure going out there and you know 
smashing somebody's head in your own city with all these different requests. I'm good on it. So, but I will be at the fight to answer your question, you know, and um, it should be a good set of, set of fights yeah. out there. There are some good fights, man. I'm just looking at this card. I want to break this down a little bit with you. Um, and I want to bring I want to bring this young lady up because she's actually partially responsible for our name being the Morning Wish Show with these nuts. There's Je- Jessica I. She's making her debut at 125 pounds against um, Farai. Something Farai. I can't pronounce first name. I should have did my homework a little bit better. Some sacrificial lamb. Yeah. Some, some sacrificial uh, yeah. lamb for the evil eye. Yeah, yeah, it, it kind of is. I've seen her fight once. She fought one of the guys, one of the females that I trained with, um, Mara Romero. So she's coming back to fight her second fight against Jessica I, who's making her debut at 125 pounds. And I'm looking forward to seeing Jessica I at 125 pounds because I think that's her natural weight. Yeah, I think it's her natural weight. I think, um, you know, any, I mean, I don't want to bring up the obvious. Anytime you take a couple of L's back to back, you switch weight classes. It's almost like pressing a reset button. So, She's hitting that reset button, getting a fresh start at a different weight class. And, you know, once again, she's always right there. Sometimes I think she spent a lot of time looking good, good feints and good motion because, you know, a lot of females don't have great defense um, just quite yet. You know, mm-hmm. the, the division is new. MMA is new. So they haven't adapted to it yet. And she's actually managed that, but she doesn't pull the trigger sometimes. Sometimes she'll shake you out of your damn skin, and then she never throw no punches with it. So um, hopefully – she finds a way to just trigger her to go off and let off and combination throw and, you know, avoid takedowns and, and put herself in a position where, you know, her boxing actually um, can pay dividends. Yeah. I remember watching her before, like before she hit that slump, I remember watching her thinking, wow, she's got a lot of, she's got a lot of skills. She had all the tools, but there was something that she was missing and she was lacking. And I think it might've been part of like her, like mentally she would just kind of get fatigued and make bad mistakes or just make stupid decisions in the middle of the fight. And I think that had to do with just for some reason she wasn't totally focused and I'm hoping she worked on that. And I think that, you know, maybe this new weight class for her is reinvigorated her and gives her the ability to not have to focus on, um, you know, certain things or fighting bigger opponents, but maybe feeling more at home at 125 pounds and going, you know what? I can reign. I can reign supreme in this division. So I'm hoping that she does well in her fight. Um, we got Uriah Hall and Vitor Belfort. What do you think about that fight? It's the fight that's supposed to happen a while ago. You know, and I hate to see these young spunky guys take out these OGs, but I think that's what we're gonna see. Man, I was watching Uriah hit the pads. Um, I think he was in Vegas or somewhere, and I was just watching him, man. If he ever just watch a training video of himself, watch an old fight, and he's like, damn, I'm really just that ninja. He can kind of smoke everybody. It's, it's, it baffles me that he's not in the top five in the middleweight division. His striking is unreal. I know, man. And, but, you know, and like you said, the, his issue was I think it was a confidence issue, and he yeah. never really believed in himself. And whenever he got in trouble in fights, he would just kind of give up or just and not really go and have that heart. But we saw something in him when he fought Christoph Jocko. Christoph Jocko took that first round, probably even a 10-8 round, and Uriah Hall came back and won that fight. And I think that was a. T- I think that might have been a turning point for him in his career. Sometimes well, we've it seen just that takes before. those moments. We've seen that in Gago yeah. Musashi fight. Yeah. We've seen that in some other fights where he, he might have been down around or so, but I think the fighter IQ and, and the go to the next level and shift to the next gear 
He had an issue with that against Kelvin Gaston. He had an issue against that against Derrick Brunson. When your number one, your bread, your bread, um, your bread maker is not working, you got to be able to switch to something different, find a different creative way to get to your combinations, or have the you know be a triple threat like a man in this. Where you can now say, all right, I'm gonna take it to the ground and, and attempt for the submission. So those are things that gives him that confidence he needs when he knows he has those tools in the toolbox. Yeah, and I and I, I'm with you on this, man. I I find him uh, to be one of the better strikers in the UFC. Totally, not only just in that division, but I think he's going to obliterate Belfort. I think Belfort is just, you know, sometimes he's, you know, as an older fighter, you just don't want to give up. And I think that, you know, they kind of have to put these guys out of their misery. And I can see that happening in this fight, man. I think Uriah Hall just hits too hard, and he's going to hurt. Yeah, he Belfort. asked for a legends division too. Right. Yeah, yeah. you know that's a bad, that's a bad sign when you're like, hey, when a G asks for a legend division, don't sign me up. Yeah, he asks for a division, and and we know we know that you know he's had some years of some some uh, vitamin S that you know <laughs> that not vitamin S. Let me take that back. I'm gonna get a whole bunch of Brazilian people going crazy. Vitamin TRT. Yeah. So, <laughs> So once you can't consume that anymore, I'm assuming your body might have been used to it and the effects might be the opposite direction. But he's a dope dude. Vitor, don't beat me up. You're a good guy. I'm not judging you. I think you're awesome. And, um, you know, you've had a great, phenomenal career. Might be might be time to go ahead and um, be a legend and not end up in the legend division. So now here's another interesting matchup. We got Michael Johnson returning home back to St. Louis to fight Darren Elkins, who is he can be he could be tough to deal with man i mean since he's made that move to alpha man i think that he's um put racked up some pretty good wins in the last couple of fights look pretty good in the last couple of fights how do you see michael johnson making his debut at 145 michael johnson needs to just goes he needs to just go out and fight everybody like he did at some barbosa you know mm-hmm. he was so fast he was first same way he did against dustin poirier he just has so much speed he doesn't have a ton of power he doesn't have a ton of you know, jujitsu on the ground, but he has solid takedown defense. He can get a takedown if he need it, but he's probably one of the faster guys and in, in, in lightweight. And I don't think he's going to be anything different in featherweight. He just has a belief that the speed and accuracy is going to uh, equate to power. And if he can do that, man, I think he's going to be a threat. When he got a little attitude and a little chip on the shoulder, he's, he's, he's hell for anybody. And I think coming to St. Louis might just give him that, you know, that little hometown pride he need to go out there and try to put on for a city. Yeah, I think he's going to have to put Elkins away, though, man, because Elkins is super tough, man. Like, you got to kind of hit that guy. You got to you got to kill him to kind of to beat him. And I, I, I can't really put a I can't really pick this fight. I mean, my heart goes with Johnson. I think he's the better fighter to two and, and i, I can say him. i know exactly why you feel that way because why you know um um Masad, who's yeah you know, was a huge prospect you know especially in st louis and he was definitely 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 in the situation where he was putting it on him and then he just come back from the depths of hell to find a way to win i'm like um you know you got to watch that fight and just be ready to to fight a guy and keep trying to put him away and if you don't go away you've tried enough that you at least going to secure the win yeah and here and here's what i'm thinking is i'm thinking that johnson is the better fighter but elkins is so dangerous even later in the fight and he has such a strong like 
choking game. They're like, I can see Johnson making a crazy mistake late in the fight and getting caught. So as long as he doesn't lose his focus, I can see him winning. I think he's the better fighter. As long as he doesn't get caught late in the fight to some choke, some like Dars or Anaconda choke from Elkin. I swear, I'm, I'm with that. Um, and this one's probably one that I'm watching closely for you, actually. <laughs> I know you don't give a shit, but uh, Usman and Emil Meek. Yeah, I know Usman, the other dude I don't know. I yeah. think Meek said some bullshit about me, but... Did he really? He needed to be Meek and be calm and be relaxed and recognize he's not even in the top of the team. And he need to grab a seat. He need to grab a section on um and, and occupy it. Yeah, and I mean, out, and sat down somewhere. Meek made a name by beating Paul Harris, but we know Paul Harris is um, he just you know he's a hit or miss fighter, man. Like if he doesn't catch Who you on the leg lock, Paul Harris? Paul Harris, you know, uh, Tanquino, Paul Harris, whatever, you know, the leg lock dude to be ripping everybody's legs off, and when even when they tap, he be squeezing harder. Oh, yeah, I Paul Harris. I thought you said Paul Harris. Paul Harris. Yeah. I always Paul last name Harris. I'm like, damn. I'm like, Fox, you need to fire me. I don't even know nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I always say it like that. But Meek made a name by beating him. But Paul Harris is like, you know, he's hit or miss. And like, if he doesn't get you in a leg lock, he's probably going to he's probably going to lose. But I think this is light work for Usman, man. I think Usman just is kind of this is kind of a tune-up for him as long as he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, Usman was offered to fight. You know, he was offered offered to fight against um, um, Kyrie Queefington, and he decided that his toe was hurting. So therefore, um, this um, whatever his dude's name is, Usman's gonna fight him. Yeah, and I think it's kind of just a, a light. You know, kind of a tune-up for Usman. As long as he doesn't take him lightly, I think he just kind of runs right through this guy. Yeah, I mean, Usman's a G. He's he's, he's yeah. tough. And last but not least, we got Jeremy Stevens and probably one of my favorite guys in the UFC, Duho Choi. Who you Man, got? I, I love this fight. Duho Choi don't look like he got that heat, but my goodness, let him put that straight right on you and see what happens. No. He would knock your butt all the way out. So Duho Choi is um he's a stud, you know, he has some one of the best fights we've ever seen in the history of freaking MMA when he fought against Cub Swanson. Jeremy Stevens always is trying to knock your head off. And the thing I like about Jeremy, man, he is starting to fight a little bit more smarter. He was big overhand right, big uppercut. Now he's utilizing his low kicks a lot more, utilizing his jabs a lot more, waiting, being more patient. He still has that, you know, uh, the killer mentality that if somebody's, you know, ready to get out there. He'll get him out, but I just love, love um, the way that he's um, he's fighting now. Yeah, this is a really, really good matchup with guys who have very similar approaches to fights, but different styles. Like you said, Duho Choi, like you could like I've studied his right hand and his right hand. He's got one of the better right hands in all of MMA, just the way he places it and the way he angles it and fits it. In I mean, the who has a better right hand, Dean? You do, you know, but I, I my mine is just because I know, you know what? I, I'm gonna give my secret away. I'm gonna give my secret away. You're gonna get the secret. Y'all ain't gonna be able to stop it anyway. My right hand is good because I'm fast, I'm strong, I'm powerful, and I see the punch before it comes there. So I'm just rushing my body to your face, the spot I see open. I just rush my body to it as fast as I can, and people don't see it, and that's how I knock a lot of people out. But as far as technical as what an actual straight right. Mine is a hybrid between a straight right and an overhand right. 
It's not that loopy, ugly, nasty wrestling swat that everybody <laughs> thinks is over and right. And it's not a crispy straight right. He, in my opinion, in the UFC has the best fundamental straight right. He yeah. turns his body all the way over, turns his shoulder all the way through, turns his thumb all the way down. His timing on it is perfect, and he catches you at perfect distance, you know, to have the most impact. So I'm going to go on record and say I think he might have the best, like, legitimate straight right in the UFC. Yeah, so, there, so you're right, and I will say that, too. His is definitely more technical in a sense of, like, Again, like the way he delivers it and the angling of it, because he's a skinny dude. And in order for him to have the impact that he does, he has to have it perfectly. So it's not as devastating of a right hand as yours is, but it definitely, it, man, it's definitely worth its weight in gold. The only other person that comes to mind that has a great right hand in the UFC is Maribek ties him off, but he's sidelined off with visa issues in Europe, I, I suppose. But man, I'll tell you what. I don't. I don't even know who to pick with the Stevens and Choi fight. I, I. I don't. I really don't know who to pick because like Stevens can always. He can. He's so powerful that he could kind of just change it. He could change the course of the fight with one he's shot. He's tough. He's mean. He ain't doing no window love. Don't try to shake his hand and hug him after the fight. He does not give a heck. And you uh, know what? I hope he come out to straight out of Compton again. He came out straight out of Compton. He used to. I mean, he That's came out to something different the last time. Yeah, but but and but he's also had prob like his prop the problems that he's had with in fights were against better grapplers. Like they take him down and and out grapple him as, at some level. But Duho Choi is not going to do that. So that's why this fight is even more interesting. And it's like the classic brawler versus technician fight. So it's it's really difficult to see. And when I say that, I still believe that Stevens has enough technical ability. To deal to not really be a brawler, but just in a classic sense, I'm gonna call him a brawler just for the sake of the cliche. But I don't know, man. I think it's a great fight. I'm looking forward to that one. Man, I'm definitely looking forward to that one. That one's gonna be that one's gonna be a banger. Yeah. So on that note, man, listen, Tyron, dude, it was it was so good to catch up with you, man. We gotta we gotta be consistent, man. Your fans out there, man, that they worried about you. Hey, fans, me and Dino commit. No, man. I know we said the last time. I know we said that Dana, last time. Dana White looking for a fight. TMZ came through. You know, got a surgery, recovery, cooking with the champ. All these different random things came up. But guess what? Podcast family, we got you. We got your back. You got our back. We out here. Yeah. So I want to thank everybody again for listening. You just listened to the Morning Wood Show. He's nuts. <laughs> The Morning Wood Show with D's Nuts is a TJ DeSantis production. Its content is intended for private use only.